Just weeks after hundreds of millions of litres of sewage poured into the Waitemata Harbour, Aucklanders are heading back to the beach. The overflow was caused by a sinkhole which opened up at the back of a Parnell property, blocking the Oreke main sewer and pumping effluent into the harbour. Some of the city's most popular beaches that were off limits during the event, Devonport, Point Chevalier and Mission Bay, have now got the green tick from Safe Swim and are back open. As Auckland heads into another weekend of brilliant sunshine, many will be checking the Safe Swim app and grabbing their goggles, but others might not feel so confident. Nathaniel Wilson is Watercare's Environmental Care Manager. Kia ora, Nathaniel. Yeah, And with us also is Auckland Council's Healthy Waters Head of Planning, Nick Vigar. Morena, Nick. Uh, kia ora, Catherine. Nick, can you tell us please which of the affected beaches are back open? Uh, look, if you, go to, if you go to Safe Swim now, um, you will find that sort of um, if we head uh, if we head east from the incident, then Mission Bay and onwards are open. And if we head west from it, then we're uh, sort of west of Hearn Bay. But in that intermediate area at the moment, we still have some doubts. Nathaniel, can you help with which with the with the number of beaches open? I think it's something like eight now, isn't it? Yeah, it's down to eight to have uh, black pins still still on closed. Menu override, yeah. Uh, closed isn't quite the right word, though. Um, the black pin is, is an advisory um, notice rather than... We we wouldn't prevent anyone from doing anything they wanted to. So Point Chevalier, St Heliers, Koimarama, Devonport, Torpedo Bay, Cheltenham, Bayswater, Judges Bay have a black pin. What does the advisory say? Right, so the advisory on those black pins is that we've uh, highly likelihood of wastewater in water. Um, and therefore anyone that doesn't want to swim in wastewater, we, we advise not to. Um, but the only ones associated with the Wauraki main sewer are those eight along the southern side. So if there's black pins on other beaches, that's due to separate issues. OK. Nick, is there also a situation with um, Arahui that people need to be aware of? Yeah, there is, Catherine. So so um, Wauraki and... and um, Ngāti Whātua Orake have, have um, an arrangement around the Rahui. Um, we have the ability to display that on Safe Swim. So at the moment you'll see there's some hazard symbols up indicating the Rahui area. Um, also, um, those there are that coincides with some of the black pins that we've got on the on the website at the moment. Are you confident that those beaches that are not now pinned. I, I want to say reopened. I, I know it's not the right word, um, but but perhaps where the advisory's been lifted is the way to put it. Are you confident, Nick, that they are low risk to the public? And based on what? Yeah. So so back when the incident happened, you would have seen that initially we had black pins all over the white matar. What that indicated was that we didn't have confidence. Um, we've been sampling all of those beaches on a high frequency um, and continue to. So what it means is as we've got confidence that we've got consistent good water quality and that means sort of, you know, at least three clear um, in a row at a beach, um, then gradually we've put those back on. So wherever you see a green at the moment, you can have, you know, confidence that the, the sampling is indicating it's fine. Um, where the black pins are, you know, there's enough um, unusual water quality um, results that we, we have doubts. What monitoring have you been doing in and around the affected areas, given the magnitude of this event? I'll take uh, this one. Go ahead, Nathaniel. Yeah, so um, we've 
the, the first step was obviously to extend the SafeSwim program. So we take a lot more samples through SafeSwim than we normally did. Um, and then in addition to that, we've been out sampling from uh, 12 locations across the Waitemata, inner Waitemata um, daily, uh, notwithstanding weekends because we need to give everyone a break. So um, we know from that information that uh, we had localised areas around the big overflows that were... Um, really poor water quality, um, but the energetic nature of the system meant that as you came out a wee bit more, um, there was so much tidal movement and influence that it was um, the water quality improved quite a lot quite quickly. Um, and the other thing we've seen is that since the dry weather overflows stopped on the 26th of October, um, water quality everywhere has, has improved quite quickly. Um, just, especially in dry weather. Just to be clear about that, that dry weather overflow was the was the fix that was able to be achieved, but there would still be overflows uh, in rain. I understood from the time. Is that still the case? Yes. So there's overflows into um, Auckland out from Auckland CBD in wet weather, regardless. Um, that's just due to the old um, design of that network. So it's a combined system. Um, the system is designed to take rain from stormwater and from wastewater together and discharge it. Um, and that's where projects like Central Interceptor become critical because that's the work we need to do to stop those happening. Um, but those wet weather overflows um, to date haven't been related to the, the sewer collapse. Can I also ask you what you were testing for specifically? Obviously E. coli, but anything else? Yeah, so... Um, the big things from, from domestic sewage is uh, things that will consume oxygen. Um, so we, we call that biochemical oxygen demand. Um, we look for nutrients because uh, that can influence um, the, the food web. Um, we're looking for persistent kind of um, uh, personal care product type things. So um, pharmaceuticals, things like caffeine um, that we can, we can attribute to human um, sewage and then heavy metals. Uh, and other potential uh, contaminants behind that. So we're doing a, a quite uh, extensive range and taking advice from independent um, experts on, on what we should be looking at. Was one of those Andrew, De- uh, Andrew Jeffs, a marine scientist we spoke to a couple of weeks ago, who said that the faecal coliform standard is one thing, but he talked about noroviruses, uh, noroviruses, I beg your pardon, much more persistent yeah. in the environment, uh, and, and is that covered by the tests you're carrying out? Yes, yeah, so we're not specifically looking for any um, one virus, but we look for a um, bacteriophages, which are a really good indicator of viruses, um, and we're doing that in the water, and then we're also looking at um, phages in some um, deployed bags of oysters. So the oysters give us um, the passive build-up over time, and the water quality is a snapshot. Uh, and, and what we've seen, even in the oysters, is that the the build-up of or accumulation of contaminants is really limited to just around uh, where those overflows are occurring, and, and it's just just due to the nature of the harbour. Can I come back to you, Nick Viger? Uh, what is it that you are saying to people? Yes, go check whether the pin's there or whether the advisory's been lifted. But, you know, what else? So are, are people fine to be putting their head under the water? Should they think twice about it, perhaps, if they're susceptible? Some people are more susceptible than others, right, to picking things up. Is there, are there any provisos you put on this? Do, do, do you mean with respect to the black pins, Catherine? Um, no, no, no. With respect to the now... Uh, the beaches with no advisory now. No, look, I think, you know, where 
by the time you see a green pin, we really are confident that there's that you know there's there's multiple samples in a row showing that everything is normal. And so if if you're seeing a, a green pin, you know it's never okay. It's not really you notice slow that, though, is it? No, sorry. Say again. Carry on. I apologise, Nick. Yeah, so, um, you know, where you, where you see a green pin, it, it, you know, green means low risk. It doesn't mean zero risk. That's, that's not the nature of safe swim. Um, there's always a risk when you go in the water, but what it means is that we're confident that, that you know, we have an understanding of the level of risk, and, and really that's not the case at those black pin beaches. And what signage is available at the black pin beaches for people who are not going on the app and are just turning up, maybe don't know what happened, a, you know, a few weeks back? How clear is the signage? Uh, look, we've got we've got signage at, at various locations across um, across those beaches. Um, Auckland Council's environmental health team maintains that signage, um, but it's important. You, you know, it's um, there's usually multiple entry points to these beaches, and so you know we really we always say you know check safe swim because it's your it's your, it's your best source of knowledge um, in terms of what's going on. Nathaniel Wilson at at, at Watercare. Um when we were also talking uh, to Andrew Jeffs last time, he, he talked about how that overflow would effectively... I, I don't know how to put this. It would effectively have become a fat berg, but not fat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and that yeah. would take a long time to disperse. A very big coagulated um, yeah. collection of stuff we don't want to think about. What is the plan for that? Is there anything that can be done with that? Yeah, so if if... The sewer main had broken on the other side of the CBD and we'd had the overflows going into the, the creeks and um, a less energetic environment, then absolutely it would have been a massive and um, really difficult to deal with concern. Um, the only good bit of luck we've had for when you have a sewer break is that it, where it broke. And that meant it went into a really um, highly energetic tidal environment. So uh, uh, most of the material, if not everything, is really rapidly dispersed. Um, to confirm that, we've been running video camera transects. Um, but we, we just, we're not confident we're going to find big areas which we can nicely and tidily clean up. So um, our alternative approach is just to look at, at wider harbour restoration. So acknowledging that regardless of what the science tells us, we did put a lot of wastewater into this you know, harbour that we all cherish and, and treasure. So um, the least we can do is look at helping restoration projects already going with Revive Our Gulf's Muscle Program um, and looking at where we can maybe um, enhance habitat and just make the, the whole system more resilient, um, worst case if ever happens again. Nathaniel, is anyone testing the impact on uh, ecosystem species of this? Yes. So we've engaged, we've done uh, what we call intertidal habitat surveys. So that's looking at everything that lives in between low tide and high tide. Um, and then we've we've taken the sediments. So we're really looking at the top layer of the sediment to see what's built up. Uh, you know, looking for the same pollutants we've been looking in the water column. And based on that, it'll give us an indication of what's there, is likely to persist and what's likely to put stress on um those ecosystems. Um, those ecosystems are naturally well, naturally pollution tolerant because of the nature of that, of that environment. So it is a very urban environment. It's reclaimed land, um, but it would be still really good to to um, make sure we've we've really looked at everything properly, covered our bases, and that the long term effects are minimised.
Uh, I guess the final question to you is there's been a workaround now, uh, given the scale of the break in that system. What's the next step and when, Nathaniel? Uh, from the, the sewer main itself? Yeah. So um, they're putting in a big, they call it a shield. It's basically a big um, cover to go on top of that sinkhole um, that that enables people to work safely underneath it. So it holds all the earth back from recollapsing. Um, and then the relining will begin uh, probably shortly after Christmas or just before. Um, so they're going to bring in prefabricated, um, to des- you know, it's designed around the kind of shape of the, the, the sewer main. Um, they put it in through one manhole and they push it down and that will form uh, an internal liner. Um, so that's ongoing. The, the emergency works um, to get where that hole is uh, should start. The, the, um, the material will arrive before Christmas and then we'll put an order in to reline a little bit further up either way to, to guarantee it's resilient. Thank you. That is Nathan Wilson, who is Watercare's Environmental Care Manager. Thanks also to Nick Viger, who is with uh, Auckland Council's Healthy Waters. He's Head of Planning.